Caribbean nations. I'm pretty sure the British can do that, can't you? I know the Latinos can do that as well. Amen. I know that we've got Asians, anyone, there's any culture. I would love to see the different cultures just really worshiping and showing us how they worship in their country because, you know, it's all about that expression. And um, it really blessed me today to, Jonathan, thank you for following your heart. Love that. And I love saying bye-bye to pain and sorrow. Amen? How about you? Bye-bye to all the problems and things around us. The message I feel like God laid on my heart, to tell you a little story, um, there was a bit of confusion because I was told it was going to be Pentecost Sunday today. And when I, I, I had prepared part of my message, and then when I went to look, <laughs> I realized it's not Pentecost Sunday yet. <laughs> not to the 5th of June. So I said, Lord, what would you have me speak on instead? And um, I'm going to speak about a topic that is probably not popular. <laughs> I want to talk about the waiting and preparation up to the day of Pentecost. Amen? And the title that I've given in my message today is Delay is Not Denial. If you go to Acts chapter 1 and verses 1 through 4, through all throughout the first part of Acts, there was specific instructions given. But um, I just would like to read those first four verses, and then I want to just expand, first of all, on the word to wait. So first verse from Acts 1.1, it says... And I, I love the Amplified, those of you that know me, I love studying out of this. But I should tell you that I always cross-reference with New King James or King James Version. Love going back and checking up. Uh, because how many of you know, you need to make sure that what you're reading has not been dummied or watered down. And sometimes that can happen. The first account I made, Theophilus, was a continuous report about all the things that Jesus began to do and teach. Now... I just want to make mention, if you just go back there a minute, Theophilus, Luke talked about Theophilus as well in his book, and then when he wrote the book of Acts, I'm not sure how many of you realize that Luke is the one that wrote the book of Acts. A lot of people think it was Paul. Paul wasn't even saved yet. So when you look up the meaning of Theophilus, there's speculation that it could refer to someone, but there's also the true meaning, which means that it's someone highly honored. And that perhaps he was trying to talk to all of us when he said, uh, the first account I made, Theophilus, meaning to all of us. But that's not really that important. It's just to kind of help you with some teaching. And then going on to verse 2, it says, Then the disciples returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, Olive Grove, which is near Jerusalem. Sorry, what happened? Oh, verse 2. Until the day, thank you, that looks better, when he ascended to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit given instruction to the apostles, special messengers whom he had chosen. All right, go to the next one, please. Then it says, to these men he also showed himself alive after his suffering in Gethsemane and on the cross by a series of many infallible proofs and unquestionable demonstrations appearing to them 
over a period of 40 days and talking to them about the things concerning the kingdom of God. Now, just stay there a minute. I want to show you something that before Jesus went away into heaven, he spent 40 days. We are in that 40 days right now of preparation leading up to the day of Pentecost. For those of you that are counting, it's 50 days from uh, Easter and it's seven Sundays. So it falls on the seventh Sunday. But if you notice, it says... For a period of 40 days, he talked to them, he was spending time with them, he was getting them ready that he was leaving. He did a long time of preparation during that time of letting them know the day is going to come when I'm not going to be around. And then in verse 4, while being together and eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait. Everybody say, to wait. For what the Father had promised, of which he said, you have heard me speak. So he made again the point, I've already told you about this. Now, I looked up the word wait. I want to give you a biblical meaning as well as a Webster's Dictionary. Webster's Dictionary says to stay in place until an expected event happens, until someone arrives, until it's your turn to do something. But it literally means to remain in a state in which you expect or hope that something will happen soon. Now, biblically, waiting is considered an active verb. How many of you know your English language? Active verb means that it is something you're supposed to do. To be aware through all the senses of what is occurring around you and discerning the right time to do the next thing. To wait is to be open to experiencing the holy moments around you and to experience and hear God in a broader context. Sometimes during hurrying or busyness, it's easy to miss these opportunities. I love this part that it says to wait is to be aware through all the senses of what is occurring around you and discerning, come on, say that with me, discerning the right time to do the next thing. Now, this is a big one, isn't it? Because it's, it's about doing the right thing. Now, when you read uh, on, if you go back and read the Gospels and particularly in Luke, you'll find that he had already told them about what was going to happen. And then again, when he recounted it here in Acts. But Jesus showed himself over and over and over. That what he wanted them to do was he wanted them to wait because he said what was coming. The Holy Spirit is coming. And it's coming to give you power. And he says in verse 5, you will be baptized and empowered and united in the Holy Spirit. You will be baptized and empowered and united in the Holy Spirit. Now, it's interesting because the disciples had something else on their brain. If you look in verse 6, they had a question for him. And if we could put up there verse 6, I want you to see what their question was. Now, you can imagine Jesus has spent all this time with them, and he's trying to tell them that the, the greater one is coming, the Holy Spirit is to come upon you. But it says when they had come together, they asked him repeatedly, Lord, 
are you at this time reestablishing the kingdom and restoring it to Israel? Have you ever been in a conversation where someone just pops out with a question and you're like, wrong question, wrong time? And I would imagine Jesus is probably thinking, I told you, wait. You see, we don't like to wait. It's a hard thing to do to wait. He has given us things to do, which we will talk about a little bit later, that we can do in the waiting. But there's a reason for the waiting. The reason for the waiting is he said, you need power. You need more of, of what you're going to be able to go out and be my witnesses. You need the Holy Spirit, so you need to wait until it comes upon you. But you can see that the disciples were more interested in whether or not that the kingdom was going to be reestablished. But what does he say on to verse 8? He says, but you will receive power and ability. Sorry, maybe go back to verse 7. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. It's not for you to know nor to worry about that. You know, a lot of times we're worrying about, yes, we do need to prepare ourselves for when Jesus comes back. We need to prepare ourselves for heaven. But in the meantime, we cannot just sit on the sidelines and be worrying about when he's going to come back because we have a job to do. And also because we need to wait because we need the power from on high to be able to face what we're going to face and to be able to do what we need to do because we cannot do it by ourselves. He said, it's not for you to know. So in other words, don't worry about it. He said, wait for the promise. If you go on down, all right, when I was reading and, and studying this, I mean, I've read Book of Acts over and over and over. But verse 12 and verse 13 is quite interesting. Verse 12, they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, only a Sabbath day journey, which was less than a mile away. And notice what the next scripture says. When they had entered the city, they went upstairs to the upper room where they were staying. I found it quite fascinating. Where they were staying meant that they, were, they had already been there. They had been spending time with Jesus there. And now he's telling them, go back. Stay indefinitely. Wait. Wait until God shows up. Now, obviously the teaching goes on that they went and, and we know that they waited for the power to come on high. But I want to talk to you about the waiting because we can hear all about the power and the shouting and all the, the things that took place on the day of Pentecost. But when you're in the waiting, there's something unique that has to happen. Even right now, how many of you, if I ask you what promise or what is something that you're believing God for that you're waiting for right now? I'd say probably most of us, not all. Sometimes the problem is we want to do it ourselves. We think we have the answers. We think we know how to do it better. You know, I even wrote down in my notes because I find it, interesting that 
Is it because we literally cannot trust God for what we're believing for because we're afraid he doesn't know what he's doing? Because the truth of the matter is that what he wants you to do in the waiting is you have a job to do. How many of you know you have something to do? He, you know, he, he didn't just say just sit there with your hands out like you're in meditation and you do absolutely nothing. That's not what it means to wait. It means that you don't go forward and make any rash decisions until you hear from me first. So in the meantime, you say, but what am I supposed to do in the meantime? I'll tell you what you do in the meantime. You praise him. Come on, you worship him. You lift up his name. You read his word. You study all about him. And you wait. And then when you say, but, but I need the answer now. And he says, but wait. Look at what it says in Hebrews 10. 35, 36, and 37. I love these scriptures, but they're not popular scriptures. So 35 says like this, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it has a glorious and great reward. Your confidence in that you know God knows what he's doing and he's got it under control. He doesn't need your help. The next one he says, for you have need, ho, for you have need of what? That is definitely two words that are not popular, and especially together. Patient endurance. I love the Amplified here. It says to, it means to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising. Without compromising means that you're not going to rush out there and do something stupid because you know that you need to wait. You need to wait. And you need to endure. And you need to hold on. Because maybe it's just not time for him to give you the answer yet. Maybe he has to orchestrate something over here. You know, I, I heard a preacher not too many weeks ago. And I love the way he described this. I'll never be able to describe it the same way he does. But in essence, it basically means this. We might be waiting for an answer right here. But what God is saying is you can't have that answer yet because there's something over here that I'm working on to get that answer to get to there. Are you with me? I probably should have started over here. It's going to be a while. You're over here and you think, where's my answer? Why is it not coming? Why am I not getting what I need? And he says, no, 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 you have to wait because over here, I'm still working on a situation that is then going to bring an answer to what you need over here. And then when you get to here and they're thinking, why do I not have the answer yet to do what I need to do? And they're like over there going, you just hold on a minute. I'm waiting for my answer too. And this one over here is working on something because God's still working on something here so he can get it done for here so you can get the answer over here. Are you following what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that God has to start putting in place. And that's why you need to be patient because you don't know what he's working on. You don't have any idea. You want something great and mighty to happen, but you think he needs help. May I remind you, he created the world without you. I kind of think if he can do that, he can fix your problem. He can fix whatever you need. 
we go on to the next scripture. After patience, endurance. He said, he said you need patience, endurance. You need it. I need it. We all need it. And then he goes on to 37. For yet in a very little while. Come on, read that with me. For yet in a very little while. He who is coming. You see, that's not just about him coming. That's about your promise as well. Because when it's time, he will come. But you know, it's not about your timing. It's about his timing. Now, I know you don't like to hear that, but you know, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. Well, we know we're not going to be here a thousand years. But the thing, I'd love to do that, though, because I know there were lots of them that did that. But the fact of the matter is this. But you need to recognize that, yes, there might be a delay, but it's not a delay to him because he knows there's still things he's got to do before you can have that. But you know what he wants you to do in the meantime? He says you must have faith. And let me tell you, with wait being an active verb, faith means that you wait. You wait, why? With confidence and without fear because you know God has it all under control and you can trust in him because he knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. Habakkuk, chapter 2. Verse 1, such a great scripture. I will stand at my guard post. And I'm going to station myself on the tower. And I'm going to keep watch to see what he will say to me. And what answer I will give when I am reproved. Leave that up there for a minute. stand at my guard post. I'm going to stay where God put me. You know in the military when they put you on watch, I've never served in the military, my dad did and I know many of you probably have. How many of you actually served in the military? So there's a few of you that understand this. When they put you to stand somewhere you don't get a choice. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. When I first went to London, I remember that when I watched the, sh the changing of the guards at um, the palace, rain or shine, they stood at their post. If you watch any war movies, you know, muddy, pouring down rain, disgusting surroundings, but they can't leave their post. Because if they leave their post, something could go wrong. And an attack could come. And then if you're not there with a gap, your fellow mates could get killed. And I often ask myself, how, much, how many times are we hazard? to others because we haven't learned to stay in our lane and stand our post. Stand the ground God's given you. Because if you can't trust Him, why are you serving Him? 
you can't trust that he knows what he's doing and that he has all the answers. Why even bother to worship and praise him? Why give up everything to serve him if you don't trust that he knows what he's doing? So that means what should my prayer actually be? Sometimes you might be praying, Lord, I've come to the end of myself. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've tried to orchestrate it this way. I've tried to go over there and maneuver this to make it happen. He said, wait. You know, he didn't even tell the disciples when the Holy Spirit was going to come. He said, wait indefinitely. And I'm pretty sure they didn't have tea and coffee on a little side table either. I would imagine it, it might have been hot when it was hot, cold when it was cold, but they were there to wait. Some of us are restless and impatient and anxious for answers. When we need to prepare our hearts for the power to come upon us. God doesn't want you just to live some weak life. And barely getting by. That's not his desire for you. His desire for you is that you live a life of power. That you live a life rich in him. Knowing that you can trust in him. And that you have victory over the enemy of all of his schemes. But it is a process. We tend to only release certain areas of our life to God. And we cling on to the things that make us miserable. Because we're afraid of what God will do with it. Sometimes what he's saying is, that's not good for you. And you're arguing saying, yes it is. That, I know that's the right thing, God. Have you not seen? And he's like, yeah, I've seen about 50 years down the road and it's not good for you. But we insist. You know, on a side note, go to Acts 1.8. I want to show you something in the scripture. This is why I encourage you to dive deep into the word. Because there is so much for you to learn. So much meat. Even if you only land on a few verses. I want to show you something. But you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will what? Be my witnesses. Now, don't take me wrong here because we are to witness and we're to go out and share the gospel every time we can. But he said, be. He didn't just say, go out there and talk about it. He said, be my witnesses. That means that what you're acting and doing, that means that everything that comes out of your mouth, everything that you do, the places that you go, you are his witness even when you never open your mouth. 
So if you really want to be a witness, you need to be one rather than worrying about all the time saying it. Because when they look at you, they don't want to just hear what comes out of your mouth. They want to know that your life truly represents God, not that you just talk about it. So he wants you to be. And yes, we should still witness. But you should be a witness every day. You know, and while you're waiting for the promise, I wrote this down. Let's not be more concerned about our circumstances than we are about our hearts. So worried about what all is going around us. But where's your heart at? Is your heart in the right place? God is more interested in changing us than changing our circumstances. I know things are going on around us that maybe we don't like. Maybe we don't like the way certain people do things. Maybe we don't like the way certain people live. It's us. Change my heart. And we need to prepare his, our hearts for his promise. And my message is really short today because the, this is the point. In our preparation not only June 5th for the day of Pentecost but for whatever it is you're waiting for you need to learn to wait and in the wait you need to stop complaining you need to stop moaning this is why you have pastors missionaries and evangelists Pastor Daniel will be back to love on you pat you on the back as a pastor I'm still a true missionary at heart. You've got to get your heart in the right place. You've got to be careful what comes out. You see, what you come out of your mouth, you claim over yourself. I'm never going to have this. I'm never going to have that. Guess what? Let me give you a revelation. You never will. You know, I used to have a friend. She said, everybody's always going around saying, she was from British Guyana, actually. I don't even know if that country still exists or if they've changed the name, but back in the 80s, it was British Guyana. Tell my age. And she used to tell me, you know, my friends all think I'm rich just because that I never talk about poverty. I never talk about the fact of what I don't have. I just talk about the goodness of God. And they're always saying, yeah, well, that's all right for you because you always have money. She said, but I don't always have money. But because they love going around saying how wealthy I am and how I always have all this, I just say, thank God, I'll take that. Yeah, just keep on saying that. Just keep on repeating that. I'll, I'll receive that. So you see, it's a positive way to turn it around. Don't worry about the fact that they think that you're rich and you got it all together. But hallelujah, I do. Receive it, take it. I brought a song today. 
And I am kind of stuck on Maverick City. For those of you that are in the close to me, you know that I love Maverick City. But the reason I love them is because when you listen and watch their hearts, I love it because of the, just the, the what they put in it. But I'm going to show you the words of this song, but I'm going to challenge you. And I hope, uh, I know our prayer team, we're here today that are ready. I want to I challenge you guys with something. And I want to show you these words before I put the music on. I want to show you this. I don't believe in, I'm going to just run quickly through it because you're going to hear it. I don't believe in fairy tales. I guess I've outgrown them, but that doesn't mean that I don't believe. Keep going. That there's something bigger than me. Because I've seen it in a hospital room when the doctor said, sorry, there's nothing more we can do. Well, it wasn't through. I've never seen a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow, but I've got a promise I can hold on in the middle of the struggle. God, if you said it, you'll perform it. Maybe not be how I want you to, but here's what I will do. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on you, and I've tasted your goodness, and I've trusted in your promise. I'm going to wait on you. I know you've ordered every step. Yeah, you are the author, but there's no predicting what is next. But you hold the future. And all the questions, they, they come second to the one I know is true. You have always been true. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength. So wait, I say. We're going to play this song, but I want to I challenge you. If you're waiting on God to do something in your life, you might want to kneel where you are. You might want to come down here and kneel. But I want to give an opportunity for these altars to be open to you. And I want our prayer team to be ready. Maybe you just want to kneel where you are and pray on your own. But I want to challenge you with this. That God wants you to wait because he does have the answer and it's there waiting for you. He's got the power and everything that you need. All you have to do is trust him. And I want you as you sing this song to get it down in your spirit. Lord, I need to wait. I need to wait, Lord. I'm anxious because there's things I want to do. There's things I want to happen. But, Lord, I'm going to wait because I know you know what you're doing. I know that I can trust you, Lord God. No matter how long it takes, I can trust you. I will wait on you, God, because when I do, I know the right answer will come along at the right time for me. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. If you really, really have to go, Please don't feel obligated that you have to stay. But I want to challenge those of you that are here. I want you to listen to the words of this song. And like I said, the altars are open. But I want you just to let it get down in your spirit. If you need to walk around, there's space at the back. You can walk and pray. Go ahead. don't believe in fairy tales I guess I've outgrown them but that doesn't mean that I don't believe that there's something bigger than me cause I've seen in a hospital room when the doctor said sorry there's nothing more we can do well it wasn't through I've never seen a pot of gold at the 
end of the rainbow But I've got a promise I can hold In the middle of the struggle God, if you said you'll perform May not be how I want you to But here's what I'll do I'm gonna wait on you I'm gonna wait on you I've tasted your goodness I'm trusting your promise I'm gonna wait on you Yes, I'm gonna wait on you yeah. I've tasted your goodness I'm trusting your promise I'm gonna wait on you Yes, I will, yes, I will
just wait. Instead of trying in your own strength, you should just wait. Instead of calculating what will happen if you go wrong, you should just wait. My steps are ordered by the Lord. Yeah, I should just wait. They that wait on the Lord shall renew in their strength. They shall mount up up on wings like an eagle. And they're sore, they shall walk and not get weary, they shall run and not faint. That's what happens when you wait. Happens when you wait. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like an eagle and soar. They shall walk and not get weary. They shall run and not faint. That's what happens when you wait. That's what happens when you. That's what happens when you wait. I'm getting a little stronger. That's what happens when you wait. Hey, you're getting a little stronger. That's what happens when you wait.
Lord given to me. Some of you still holding on need to step out. Come on, we're going to finish out this song. But I just want to say that to you. Leave it playing in the background. You need to step out from where you are and let those restrictions go. You need to let the reins go and you need to let God have it. And the word that was given was that if you do that, you will be set free today. Come on, we're going to put that song back up. Step out. Don't let the moment pass you by. Don't rush, just wait on the Lord. The breakthrough is coming.
Well, it wasn't through. I've never seen a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But I've got a promise I can hold in the middle of the struggle. God, if you said you'll perform, may not be how I want you to. But here's what I'll do. I'm gonna wait on you. I'm gonna wait on you. I'm tasting your goodness. I'm trusting your promise. I'm gonna wait on you. Yes, I'm gonna wait on you. Yeah. I'm tasting your goodness. I'm trusting your promise. I'm gonna wait on you. And all the questions. 